What's up, family? Welcome into Speak. It's about to be an incredible show off camera. We're trying to figure out what our crutch words are <laughs> on camera. We're going to give you all phenomenal content all day long. That is Dave Hellman, NFL insider. That's the brilliant Joy Taylor. This is Philadelphia Eagles all-time rushing leader, LaShawn Shady McCoy, and I am Emmanuel Acho. Now, the Dallas Cowboys are America's team, but this is very, very fascinating what I'm about to tell you. Number one, you can't fix a problem that you don't know exists. So what is the problem that the Dallas Cowboys have that they refuse to acknowledge, thus refuse to fix? Well, Jerry Jones will tell you. He said in a quote earlier today, very simple, it's in Dak's DNA not to turn the ball over. It's in Dak's DNA not to turn the ball over. Now look, Jerry, you can't fix a problem if you don't know it exists. Dak Prescott, 15 interceptions on the season, tied for the league league, but he only played in 12 games. Is it not in Dak's DNA? Because objectively speaking, it actually is. Check the facts out. This blew my mind when I researched it. Since 2017, the quarterbacks that have at least 2,000 passing attempts, Dak Prescott, where does he rank in interception percentage? Well, he's not in the top five. That's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins. He's at 12th of 16 people that qualify with a 2.1 interception percentage, 2.2, right behind Matthew Stafford. What does that mean, America? Every 50 passes, Dak Prescott throws an interception. Dak Prescott started his career in 2016. I pulled the data in 2017 after his rookie year. So it quite literally is in Dak's DNA that he throws interceptions. The only reason I'm telling you this, Jerry Jones, is because you can't fix a problem that you don't know exists. So until you acknowledge the existence of the issue, Cowboys, Dak, Jerry, the interceptions will continue to exist. I got to head to the desk. Because along with Jerry Jones, there's one main culprit who refuses to acknowledge that this exists in Dak's DNA. Shady, do you know who this is? Yeah. Jerry Dave Hellman. Mm. Jerry, Jerry Dave. Dave. Jerry Dave Hellman. Related. Related. I wish I was related. <laughs> I wouldn't need to do this. You I wouldn't, wouldn't, need, at all. wouldn't but, need to be fighting like but this. But you still would. Dave, again, I always say this. You covered the Cowboys for 10 years. We used to work together in Dallas covering the Cowboys. One star way, one Frisco way. Remind me. Uh, one Cowboys way. One Cowboys Frisco, Texas. way. Frisco, Texas. Good times. Dak Prescott, 15 turnovers on the season. Do you have an issue with Jerry Jones saying that turnovers are not in his DNA? Why would I have an issue with Jerry making a factual statement? That No, I don't have an issue with it. And that's cute that you pulled the numbers to conveniently leave off a Pro Bowl season of Dak's career. Like, we're just cherry-picking things that happen. Also, 2017, arbitrary, consider like, Patrick Mahomes played one game that year. I mean, like, you can frame things to fit however you want. And look, I, I've never once tried to deny Dak has had a problem turning the ball over. Thank God. This Ooh. season... When you're talking about a career, when you're no, that that's quite simply not true. It's it's objectively it's factual. quite simply not true. Entering this season, Dak Prescott had a better turnover rate than Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was at 1.8. Dak was at 1.7. Where is he now? Where is he when, now? Again, when you are talking about somebody's DNA, you're talking about the totality of their Correct. career. As recently, from birth till now. As right. recently as two weeks ago, and look. For the millionth time, I, I always feel like I have to say this because I've, you know, mm. I've got people like Shady gaslighting me into thinking I'm illogical. Oh, he played there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? I'm a man of many talents. Look, my man. He played terribly against Washington. I'll never try to deny it. As recently as two weeks ago. Sure. So that is this season. He still had a better career interception rate than all but three active players: Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Two Hall of Famers and a possible Hall of Famer. He's good at not turning the ball over in the totality of his career. Last year, 2021, Dak Prescott and Patrick Mahomes both thir- uh, threw 37 touchdowns. Sure. Dak threw 10 picks to Mahomes' 13. He's proven that he's better at this than some quarterbacks that are objectively better than him. Dave, let's talk. We no, can criticize so Dak's no, overall no, 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 game no, no, no. as nope, much as nope, we I'm want. Ready. I am ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. You I think fired, I'm fired. Fired. I never watched the show. Dave Hellman, Dak Prescott has played six healthy seasons. Yes. Roy Taylor, he's played six healthy seasons. Shady, six healthy seasons. Four of those seasons, Dak Prescott has had double-digit interceptions. You know somebody who doesn't have interceptions in their DNA? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers didn't have a double-digit interception since 2011 mm. prior to this season. That's somebody who doesn't have interceptions in their Aaron DNA. Aaron Rodgers is better at it than anyone ever. That is somebody who does not have interceptions in their DNA. But you can't tell me 
that a person that has a 15-interception season, an 11-interception season, a 13-interception season, a 10-interception season, you can't tell me that that individual does not have interceptions in their DNA. Look at the totality of Dak's career. And what does Dak have in his DNA? He has winning. Because Dak Prescott has won at a very, very, very Am I conveying my confusion clearly enough here? Am I? I don't know how you can be confused because the numbers are Ten and are 11 interception seasons are not bad things. Compared to the Patrick norm. Patrick Mahomes has 13 right now. He's probably going to win MVP. Compared to the norm. The norm is this. Again, since Josh 20, Allen has 12, I believe. Since 2017, Dak Prescott has thrown the eighth most picks in football. And he's missed a whole season. He missed nine games and he missed eight games since 2017, or he missed 12 and he missed five. Since 2017, Dak has the eighth most picks in the NFL and he missed the whole season. So I don't know what you want to continue to try to convey to LaShawn McCoy, this good brother right here, but I will not let you lie to this man on national That's television right. any longer. Don't do no more lying. Please stop the lie. I won't let you do it. The interception rate right now, even including 3.8 right now, which is more than double his career rate. That is, that is how frustrating this season is. He's more than doubling his career interception rate on his career. He's still at two. A 2% interception rate, which is right on par with players like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Guess what? If you throw the ball a lot, you want to be a franchise quarterback, some of them are going to get caught by the other team. That's just the price of doing business. Roy Taylor, we're doing business. We're having a great conversation. You have an issue with Jerry Jones saying turnovers aren't indexed DNA. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I have more of an issue with the fact that we're hearing from a team owner a few days out from a playoff it's, game. It's fun, though. Which is we're having we fun. Have completely normalized, and it's fine. <laughs> I appreciate the content, Jerry, always. But you don't see any other owners talking about their quarterback's play, specifically the type of play that's being questioned. Also, not to crash the segment or anything, but... Your DNA can change. Change. Childhood trauma can change your DNA. Being exposed to toxins can change your DNA. I'm not a scientist, but I am a doctor and I know how to read. So your DNA can change. Now, obviously, for the purpose of this conversation and analogy, he's not saying that Dak's DNA has changed. But perhaps Dak's DNA has changed. It's possible. Now, I I agree with you that not all turnovers are created equal. I think we all agree with that. Of course. You're going to turn the ball over if you take chances. We, there's been times even in Aaron Rodgers' career where we're like, bro, throw the ball. Like, take a chance. Be aggressive. We know how efficient you are, but sometimes you got to take a risk. So, yes, if you throw the ball, particularly if you throw the ball a lot, some of them are going to get picked. Some of them might not be Dak's fault, which is a new stat that we like to bring up this year. It's true. Pick sixes are Dak's fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those that are is not true. on anybody yet. And well, those are not created equal because yes. those are... The Jags one's hard. The Jags one, yeah. Th- those are like le- pick six. legitimately scoring points for That's the other team. not Dak's fault. But yeah, I hear, I hear what you're saying. More often than not. More often than not. Yes. In the spaces that he's been throwing two, them. Two of the three that he's thrown this year are very much on him. Okay. That's crazy. <laughs> All right. That's crazy. Fine. <laughs> I just like making shady math. I can agree with you that they're not all created equal. I can agree with you that franchise quarterbacks are going to throw picks from time to time, and it's not the end of the world to throw interceptions. We want you to take risks here and there. Again, I am confused as to the pushback on the idea that turning the ball over doesn't matter. It is the fundamental mantra of every coach that's ever coached on any level, even bad coaches. It's just like, what do do I got to do to coach? You got to whistle? Just read this line. Take care of the ball. That's it. That's First it. Thing. That's it. Like, it's just, <laughs> that's it. If you're writing a script, you want to write in a co- uh, football coach, give him a whistle, take care of the ball. That's it. So I don't understand the, the whole pushback from Cowboys Nation or Jerry or really anyone on the idea that turning the ball over at a high level is not something that people should be concerned about. 2-5. Ask me the question. <laughs> Do you have an issue with Jerry Jones saying turnovers are not in Dak's DNA? And the lot of checkers discovered that that was a lie. Like, let's keep it real here. See, the problem is you don't want to keep it real. Yes, I have a major problem with it. That is your DNA. Listen, I can't make this up. And I love that I'm talking to a stat guy because he loves stats. Right? So how are you playing 12 games now you lead the NFL in picks? How does that happen, though? Do you want me to answer it or do you want to keep going? I'm still going. Okay, cool, cool. (laughs) But you know the real answer. I do. So my my thing is, like, we we can't make that up. A couple weeks ago, I said, man, Dak Prescott is playing – now everybody wants to agree with me. Listen, when you play like trash, right, throwing picks every game, every game, and you win, it's 
you get overlooked, right? You win a game, overlooked. But when you lose games, you start getting that heat. That's what's going on now, Look, getting that heat. Mm-hmm. You're losing games and you're throwing picks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't make these numbers up. Like, can't. out of the last four games, you got three pick six? I can't make that up, Dave. Sure. And, and I, it's not a personal thing. It's just, it's just telling you the stats. So, yeah, I think that, the, the, that it's in his DNA, and they only go as far as that goes. Dave, here's my question. That Prescott, his rookie year, would you say he was a, a running type of quarterback? Uh, more so than he has been recently, yeah. Because his rookie year, his DNA said that he was a running caliber quarterback. Oh, he got you now. This I year, he got well, you. six rushing touchdowns. Yeah, he six did. Six rushing touchdowns. He ran way more. He ran, ran a lot more, more, obviously. This year, I believe he has one rushing touchdown. Sure. This year, he is not a running caliber quarterback. His rookie year, he was a running caliber quarterback because, to Joy's point, your DNA changes. That Prescott has six healthy seasons. This is one of them. One out of six is 17%, 16.8%. So if 17% of your DNA is interception-filled, then guess what? Your DNA is interception-filled. If 17% of your body has toxins in it, then your body has toxins in it. So I don't understand. And the real issue, Dave, is the longer the Cowboys deny that interceptions are an issue, interceptions will continue to be thrown. You want to? All right, let's do this. Number one, Dak was less mobile last year when he was coming off the ankle injury. He had one rushing touchdown last year. Yeah, that's threw, what I'm referencing. Yep. He threw 37 and 10. Well, I mean, he's, he's more of a runner this year. He's more mobile this year, and he's having more of a problem with this. Right. If you want to get – and look, it, it could be possible. I will allow – that Dak could be completely changing his stripes and he's a much different quarterback than what I've gotten used to watching. And we'll have to see how that plays out. I know it's not sexy TV, but we'll have to see what happens next year and the year after that. My guess is, and, and here's my thing, there's nothing they can do about it right now. If the Cowboys... You think that's true? Why, and yes. why do you say that? Because they have to play the way that they're going to play. Look, the, run, the running game, very quietly, has not been good in a month. Mm-hmm. Like, they haven't run the ball well in a month. Uh, you can they argue with me all you I, want. I didn't say a word. They haven't run the ball. Their offensive line isn't protecting Dak very well. I mean, their quarterback right now is giving them the best chance to win. You've got to let them throw the ball, and that's going to cause – obviously, that creates a higher potential for problems. My thing is, if the Cowboys are genuinely worried about this – in the offseason, they need to do more to address the state of their passing game. You can roll your eyes at me if you want to. And here's, here's I think y'all will appreciate this. Dak is not so good of a quarterback that he can completely elevate lesser options in the passing game. CeeDee Lamb, Lamb is a hell, I would argue. He has elevated plenty of people. He got Cedric Wilson paid. He got Dalton Schultz franchise tag. He resuscitated Randall Cobb's career. He's got Noah Brown yeah, playing you, at a level that we've never seen. I'm not. I'm not reaching. He needs better options in the passing game. I don't think he is so crazy accurate and so crazy good like an Aaron no. Rodgers that he can make this work. If the Cowboys are smart – they will replenish their passing game. Because, like, be honest with me. We, we sort of got into this in the pre-show meeting. Time. If you ranked the 14 teams in the playoffs, the Cowboys would be in the bottom third in terms of weapons in their passing game. They just would be. And quarterback. That's a fact. And quarterback. And I, I disagree with that, but regardless. Think about that. We got, yeah, no, we got yeah, that go, go through it. Get back to it. No, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're not. We're talking about playing right now. Well, he's not okay. incorrect, but what's fascinating is if – that Prescott was better, I don't think the receivers would be viewed as badly. Thus, I do believe the options would be viewed better. But we got to talk about that one later because coming up, seven AFC teams are in the playoffs, obviously. Y'all know how to math, math. But get this. Five of those quarterbacks that are going to be playing first-round picks. So which quarterback in the AFC has the most to gain this playoffs? It's an incredibly fascinating conversation, and we want you to be a part of it next on Speed. The AFC playoff picture might be better than we have ever seen. At least it might be more competitive. The one seed, number 10 overall pick in Patrick Mahomes. The two seed, number seven overall pick in Josh Allen. Three seed, number one overall pick in Burrow. The four seed, the number one overall pick in Trevor Lawrence. The five seed, the number six overall pick in Justin Herbert. We left off the six and seven seed, but keep in mind, they're led by Lamar Jackson, typically in Tua Tungavailoa, number 32 and number three. Long story short, AFC quarterback picture, it is crazy. This conversation will be as well. Shady, which AFC QB has the most to gain in this playoff race? None of those quarterbacks out of of Mahomes has a Super Bowl. They all could achieve one. Mahomes could achieve two. What's there to gain? No wrong answers. I'm going with uh, Justin Herbert, right? 
I love you love to, to look at these quarterbacks and you put them in a draft class. So you got Joe Burrow, you got um, Jalen Hurts, yep. and you got Tua, Tua yep. right? So I think he has Tua just from the injuries and, and done more um, stats-wise. But then you look at Jalen Hurts. He's slowly creeping up, right? And he has the edge on Jalen, I think, because the, the, the stuff he's done um, so far. More passing touchdowns, more passing yards. Yep, yep. And this is Jalen's first year of really coming out, coming out. And then you look at Joe Burrow, right? And if you look at just the talent, you would probably go with Herbert. But if you look at who has done more uh, um, right now, you got to go with Joe because Joe took his team to a Super Bowl. That's the question. So if, if Justin Herbert can take this team to the Super Bowl, now there's no argument who's the best quarterback in that draft yeah. class right now, considering that he has all the numbers. I mean, more, more touching, um, passing touchdowns, more passing yards in the first three years. So I got to go with Justin Herbert. Everybody loves to talk about how great he is as a quarterback, his arm strength. Every new week we keep saying uh, somebody – from um, an ex-coach or uh, mm-hmm. ex-Hall of Famer talk about how good he is and talented he is. So this is the, the, this is the, the test. I love that it's answer. I love that answer. Shady, I'm going to actually say Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow has the most to gain from this playoff run. If Joe Burrow goes and wins a Super Bowl, he would have a Super Bowl appearance and a Super Bowl win in three years. He would have already accomplished what Russell Wilson did through his 9, 10, 11 years of his mm. career because Russ hasn't gone back yeah. in three years. He would have accomplished what Patrick Mahomes has accomplished from a collective perspective in three years. Remember, we do talk about MVPs, but we talk about Super Bowls more. Aaron Rodgers has four MVPs, but the trump card is Tom Brady has six, seven Super Bowls. If Burrow has the run that I believe he's capable of having, he will be catapulted into a category that most quarterbacks cannot achieve in the duration of their career. I'm also thinking about once Joe Burrow wins a Super Bowl, because he will, whether it's this year or in the future, Super Bowl appearance and another Super Bowl. So two appearances and a win. Now to get into the Hall of Fame, all he just got to do is buy time and pad stats. Like, he has to win nothing else. Now he just got to throw for yards. Just It literally will be accomplished just by the nature of his existence in the National Football League. So, again, I think there's nothing but right answers. The right answer I will go with is Joe Burrow. Joy Taylor, where do you stand? Most to gain, what AFC quarterback? Yeah, I like both of those, but I, I'm going to go with Josh Allen because Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes yep. are, are like this. They've played in incredible matchups, but Mahomes obviously has the trump cards of league MVP mm-hmm. and the Super Bowl and yeah. another Super Bowl appearance. And when you're looking at these three behind us, two of them have played in the Super Super Bowl. The only thing Josh Allen hasn't done is played in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think these three are the top, the, the elites. They're in the other, the, that slight upper category, Patrick yeah. Mahomes obviously being the best in the AFC. And so I think Josh Allen has the most to gain because of that. We obviously know how talented he is. I mean, you can go down the resume of all he's done and all of his numbers. But two-time Pro Bowler, first one-time uh, second-team All-Pro, all of the statistics. We know how talented he is. We know he's been to the AFC Championship game. To get over the hump and even play in the Super Bowl would be that next level for Josh Allen. And honestly, like, you want to see Josh Allen in the yeah, Super Bowl. He's yeah. so talented and so amazing to watch. To have him be able to play on that stage, I think, would, would take his already amazing career to another level. It's too many good quarterbacks for one conference. Like, can we send some of these guys to the NFC? I, 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 there's no wrong answer to this, and I, I love that point because, I mean, if Josh Allen were to win a Super Bowl, then, I mean, now you, you, you can make the argument about him being the best. But I, I agree with Shady, honestly, that it's Justin Herbert. And you, this breaks my heart. You can't prove this statistically. It's just it's a narrative thing. But, okay, these, these three on the screen, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, we're sold on them, right? We're like nobody's questioning that. If Joe Burrow goes one and done in these playoffs, he's still got a winning playoff record for his career. Like that's the power of making a Super Bowl run. We're not like nothing that happens to Patrick Mahomes is going to change our opinion. Never. We're sold on Josh Allen too. No, we're not quite as sold on Justin Herbert. We're just not. And I mean, that's arguably because of the lack of postseason and big game success. So. And on top of that, let's be real, like they've got the hardest matchup of anybody in the AFC in the first round. Like that is the biggest toss up in the AFC for the wild card round. So if he's to win, if he wins that, if he puts together a real run, then you can pull out all the numbers we talk about so much. Most passing yards in the first three seasons, most touchdowns, most 300 yard games. He's got all of that. Mm -hmm. If he can prove that he can win in the playoffs. I mean, what do you have against the guy? Like I think when you talk about the most to gain, if he can put a run together then I think now you have to include him among the two or three best quarterbacks in the league. What's fascinating, if Herbert does make a run, it validates all of his statistics. Yeah. Yep. And Shade, we have this argument, you, Joy, and I have this argument all the time. Like, what matters more, the winner of the Super Bowl or the yards? The yards can end up being irrelevant without the Super Bowl win. 
Phillip Rivers, I believe, has the six most passing yards in the history of the National Football League. But Phillip Rivers isn't in conversations with Big Ben. He's not in conversations with Peyton Manning. He's not in conversations with all of these other greats because he never had the win. If Herbert gets the win, all of a sudden it certifies all of those yards. I have a question for the desk. I just thought of it. Big Ben. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers. Those were like those great AFC quarterbacks, at least while I was coming up. Phillip Rivers ended up being left behind. Shady, who do you think of all of these incredibly great quarterbacks might run the risk, maybe by nature of their team, maybe by nature of the organization? Who do you think might end up being left behind? Because think about the playoff picture Ah. in the AFC. First rounder, first rounder, first rounder, first rounder, first rounder. All seven teams starting quarterbacks are first round picks. Who could run that risk? Oh, on this on this board? Yeah, on that board. It's tough. Now he's setting me up. I, also, I hate that question. Out of the, out of the quarterbacks hurt. that we yeah. that are in, I mean, I would have to say Trevor Lawrence. Because of the organization. Oh. I mean, we, yeah, we, we've, yeah, we've never seen Jacksonville really consistently stay above that hump. We've seen them have moments, but to get up there and stay there would be a new level for Jacksonville. And out of all these guys, we haven't seen Trevor Lawrence hit a super high, high. yet. So we've oh, seen yeah. him have good games, but he hasn't hit that, like, okay, he's arrived moment. Now he could do that this weekend, but he's not, he's not there yet. All of these guys that we have on, uh, uh, you know, on the board have extreme talents, but he's the only one that we don't know about yet, uh, and he's plays for Jacksonville. I, I'm going to say Justin Herbert, right? Because I think Doug, he can win a championship. He shows you that. Yeah. I can win a championship with Nick Foles, underdogs the whole way. I can do that. Justin, if you look at just the Chargers in general, Phillip Rivers you talk about, ah, every year they got close, they got close. They never got it done. So in that whole DNA of the Chargers, I would have to go with him. Hopefully he changed it. I'm not wishing that on him. Of course, no. But you, you make, you, it's like you making me hate on him. No, no, I'm just wondering. Smooth, no, I did I, that. I'm truly, if y'all don't want to answer the question, I can ask y'all who want, who's going to be the no, Tom but Brady. You didn't ask because, <laughs> but, yeah. ask because of their ability. Like where you are matters. Correct. If, prior to Joe Burrow going to Cincinnati, I mean, people were talking about Joe Burrow refusing to go to Cincinnati. Correct. So until you go there and change it, well, that's, that's what it is. What's fascinating about sports is, unfortunately, it's a zero-sum game. Exactly. Winners Ooh. create losers. Yep, yep, yep. Losers create winners. So we can sit here and wax poetically, but everybody can't be Tom Brady. There's going to be a Peyton. There's going to be a Big Ben who's going to sneak in and get his. There's going to be a Flacco. See, see, right, see, 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 hold up, but that's it right there, though. Okay, yeah, you're right. Sneak in two, but, but two like, he got, went to three, even to your point. But, yeah. went to three. But my two, issue but, is, see, only thing about these young guys, and I think Joe Burrow is, is, is super dope. I, I love his swag. I love his play. I love the, the culture they built in there. And even Justin Herbert. The, my problem is Josh Allen is going to be like Peyton Manny, right? And Tom Brady is going to be Patrick Holmes. Then what's Burrow going to be? But, Here's, and it, but that's what I'm saying. I don't think we're going to get to see Burrow on that level level because uh, talent-wise, yards-wise, but I don't see them That's boys what I like be, about I this question. It's fascinating. I just want to ask. I'm hard to beat them dudes. Not hating on He's his ability. He's never lost to them. Josh Allen, hey, Josh Allen's contract's about to kick in. Like, winning <laughs> for the, winning for the Bills is going to be a lot harder in the next couple years than it has been recently. Just when you talk about, again, allocating cap space. So, I think that's something to consider. I, I, I can't wait to watch for the years. Again, we all saw Big Ben win two, go to three. We saw Peyton Manning win two, go to four. We saw Tom Brady in the AFC go to nine and win six. Go to nine. This crazy Whoa. roster of AFC quarterbacks I can't wait Whoa. to watch. Daniel Jones, he's been fun to watch this season. He somehow helped the Giants get into the playoffs for the first time since 2017. But, y'all remember, the Giants neglected to pick up his fifth-year option, so he could be a free agent after this. What in the world should the Giants do with their current starting quarterback? Next on Keith. Well, Brian Dayball has helped Daniel Jones keep his job because he showed up as a first-year head coach, and Daniel Jones has had the best season of his career. Giants are in the playoffs. It's shocked several people, of the desk included. That game is Saturday on Fox. Now, Jones led New York to nine wins in the first playoffs since 2016. The Giants declined his fifth-year option in relatively surprising news earlier this year. But now reports say both sides are close to a contract extension. The conversation is fascinating, Joy, when I think about should the Giants be committed to Daniel Jones. I do believe he has earned the right to get a new deal. I do believe that new deal should only be one or two years. Daniel Jones has 15 passing touchdowns on the season. He only has five interceptions. But let's not get it twisted. He only has 15 passing touchdowns on the year. For context, Dak Prescott missed 
five games a season, and I believe he has 22 or 23 passing touchdowns on the year. Now, because quarterbacks can do a lot of things, and Daniel Jones does a lot of things, he has seven rushing touchdowns. In totality, Daniel Jones has 22 total touchdowns on the year. For context, Dak Prescott, again, missed five games, and Dave, I believe, has 23 total touchdowns on the year. Daniel Jones has earned another year to be the Giants' starting quarterback. But if you're Brian Dable and you were formerly the OC for the Buffalo Bills and you've had a Josh Allen, I'm wondering in the back of his head, is he wondering how much further he could go with a quarterback that was superhuman? How much further he could go with a quarterback that was above average? Daniel Jones, you earned your money. Congratulations, you deserve at least maybe 35 to $40 million for a year. No doubt about that. But should he be the Giants' future? Should the Giants be committed? How committed should they be? That's the question I have for you, and I have for you, Joy Taylor. Uh, they, they should be slightly more committed than you are suggesting. Okay. Where is the superhuman quarterback store? Is there, like, a club you can subscribe to? you got to have a bad record. Usually Lincoln Riley's the owner of yeah. it. Because <laughs> like, there's only a few of those guys out there. And right now, they're all at home. <laughs> they're going nowhere. So it can get very ugly for you very quickly if you like to play that game. Daniel Jones has done a really nice job this year. I think it's pretty surprising to all of us. I was actually surprised that they stuck with him this year. But Brian Dable's done an amazing job with this team. And Daniel Jones is not the issue. I really don't like separating the passing touchdowns from the rushing touchdowns, particularly when it's a mobile quarterback, which Daniel Jones is. He's fifth in, in rushing yards per game or for the season for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. He's in the top five. Yep, that matters. Maybe he's not throwing touchdowns at the sure. rate that we would like to, but who is he throwing to? Which is my point with Daniel Jones. Of course, Brian Dable would love to have Josh Allen. There's only one Josh Allen. There's literally like only one Josh Allen. <laughs> There's not like comps around the league. These guys are on a different level. One Patrick Mahomes, one Joe Burrow, one Josh Allen, one Justin Herbert. There's not a factory just pumping these guys out. And there's a way to get them, and they're not going to be bad enough to do that. So is there a guy who's on the market who is that much significantly better than Daniel Jones? I don't think there is. And there's value to having a guy who knows your system, and you've had results with him there. They've got other issues. The biggest question that we've had all season long is, how are they doing this with this roster? They don't have a strong roster. They're 27th in receiving. They had obviously a great run run game this year. Their offensive line is 24th in pass blocking. The defensive line, 20th in pass rush. Run defense is 28th. Fix the rest of your roster. And interestingly enough, this season with a good coach, as we've seen with the Niners, and I would even argue with the Cowboys, if you have a good roster – you can still have success. You don't right, have yeah. to have a Josh Allen, a Patrick Mahomes, a, a Joe Burrow. Now, we'll see how those teams do in the postseason, but we certainly feel great about the 49ers right now. We feel good about Dallas's roster. They could be better, but to, sure. to, to the point, my point is, Daniel Jones is not your issue. Focus on the rest of your roster. Get him on a team-friendly deal. I guess my thought process, uh, Dave, is this. You can either try to take the Niners' approach which is we will win with average to above average quarterback play, but we are going to have five to six dudes. Or you can take maybe the Chiefs approach of this year, the Bills approach of this year, um, the approach of we have two to three dudes and a quarterback or one dude and a quarterback. I suggest, Dave, that it's easier to take the approach of having a dude at quarterback as opposed to trying to go find five or six. But where do you stand with your commitment? It is easier to do that if you can find that guy. It's just it's so much easier to say that than do it. The irony is that the Niners have been tripping all over themselves to get a dude at quarterback, and it's not working. Like, it's hard to do. That's through no fault of the Niners. It's hard to identify that guy and then develop him into a Josh Allen. It's just hard to do. And that's why the Giants are so fascinating to me. Yes, I think Daniel Jones has earned some degree of commitment, but this is a fascinating situation where I would like to think two sides can agree on a very fitting compromise. Like, Agreed. I don't think Daniel Jones should set the market. Not only did he wasn't that good this year, he was very good, but he was not set the market good. And then you have to take the rest of his career into account as well, which hasn't been very good. So I think you could, I would like to think at least, that you can sit down at the table and say, you are deserving of 
an extension that will get you some real veteran quarterback money, and we are deserving of not having to tie our entire salary cap to you. It would be amazing if Daniel Jones could get, I don't know, two or three years, let's say two years, 70 million, something like that. I mean, $35 million is a bargain by starting quarterback standards in the NFL right now. That would be a great number. Or even three years, 100 plus, something like that. Something that gives him long-term security and money, but doesn't ruin the Giants' cap so much that they can't surround him with a better roster. Because that's the real story here, as we've talked about before. Outside of Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and a few defenders, like particularly on the offensive side of the ball, skill player-wise, you don't feel that good about the talent. So try to find a way to get him his money without completely ruining your cap. That would be I th- my I idea. think we're minimizing how good he played this year. Danny, he earned some dimes. Like, let's <laughs> – seriously, though, because, like, if you think about it, like, before the Giants this year, nobody talked about the Giants, the G-Men. Not. not at all. The, the Giants, the Lakers, the, 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 the Eagles, the Cowboys. Like, football and sports are better. The Yankees, when they're doing they're good. good. Just think about that, right? So, Dayball was a great hire. I had him in Buffalo. I watched how he really changed Josh Allen. Mind you, Josh Allen came from Wyoming. You're yeah. not really learning much there. Right, small school, you know. Laramie. And, and, like, a lot of issues that he did have. He had a lot of talent. I seen Josh Allen, by the way, last week. I seen his mom. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to him about, I was so happy when we got him because how good he was. But when we got Dayball, it was even better for him because he had so much talent. How do you control this talent? Now, now in, the, in the NFL, you have players where they're so good and so talented, Josh Allens, Patrick Mahomes, that they will do well anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you have other players that may get drafted high that are not as talented. And they might not do Everything great, but they probably do one thing that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's the Danny Dimes. Dimes. That's the uh, Geno Smiths. Mm-hmm. You put them type of players in good situations, good football programs, good, good coaching. Look at Geno Smith. Started out rocky, right? Everybody wrote him off. Me, I wrote him off twice. He goes to a team, right, that can manage him, coach him well, put him in a great situation to win, to succeed, and look at him. Same thing with Danny Dimes. Everybody wrote him off. Mm-hmm. He goes to a team with a good coach. They don't have no players over there, really. Their best, their best wide receiver, Kadarius uh, um, Tony. Yep. They got Kansas City going to grab it's him. Brett Veach. Yeah. You don't want him? I'll take him. So my thing is, now you take less money because he'll get less money than he'll go to the market. Yep, yep, the market yep. He'll probably get more, right, if any, anybody will even go out there and get it. Give him a three-year deal, enough money, $70 million, $80 million, whatever it is, nice guarantee. Now you can add some pieces around him. Here's my question, though. It, it, it's for you, Joy. It's for you, Shady. You've coached under Brian Dayball. You've been studying for a long time. Is If you're Brian Dayball, you know this. You might be the second best coach in football, but if you're Dayball, you probably assume you're the best coach in football. Coaches have egos, as they should. He might win coach of the year. I believe he should. He should. If you are a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant offensive mind, if you are a brilliant chef, if you are a brilliant driver, if you are a brilliant producer, you want the best of talent. The most important piece is what you want. If you are a brilliant chef, you want brilliant utensils. You want the sharpest knives, the best tools, the best ingredients. If you are an incredible director, if you're Spielberg, if you're Spike Lee, you want incredible talent Mm. because that's how you can maximize it. And if you are a brilliant coach, you want a phenomenal quarterback. So I'm just hard-pressed joy to believe that Brian Dable, who is one of the most brilliant minds in football, is going to look at Daniel Jones after he just finished looking at Josh Allen and say to himself, yeah, I'll I'll commit to this for three years. Like, he's so good as a coach. I think that he might have a hard time committing to a quarterback who he knows doesn't match his skill level as a coach. Yeah, I mean, we might want to marry Beyonce, but she's unavailable. (laughs) (laughs) I think Jay-Z got her. Yeah, locked up. Last time I checked, yeah. There, you can want these things. If you walk into the store, it's not there. We're not cooking eggs Benedict today. There's a shortage. There's right. none in the store. Right. So it sounds good to, to want that kind of talent. Of course, everybody wants that. But what is available on the market? Mm-hmm. What is the reality of the space? Who's replacing Daniel Jones this year? You're not going to be bad enough to get a draft pick next year. So where are you as an organization? If you're in a space where, okay, we we overachieved this year, like tremendously, a bunch of flukes happen, you're Carolina, and they end up in the playoffs over Tampa Bay. All right, we still don't know what's going on at the quarterback position. We don't have to commit to anybody. That's not the case. They're going to be good every single year now. We know that. So who are you replacing Daniel Jones with? Are you going to get a draft pick? You're not going to have – it's not going to happen in this draft. Yeah, no. So you don't know what's going to be going on in the next year's draft. 
So you have to you have to put some sort of structure for your future together. And Daniel Jones is good enough to keep you in that space. And like winning championships is not that easy. Of course, it's not. hard to do. You got two so, of them. You so know. even to get like a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, like what does that mean? Because like you can get lucky and get a guy like Tom Brady, what's always going to happen. But you get a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who's a franchise guy, and he's only won one championship. I think. Also with, with Danny and, and this offense with Brian Dayball, he can run the ball. The guy has 700 yards. Yeah, and that's important for Dayball. And it's the thing. Dayball, he loves running quarterbacks. Yep. Right? Or at least can, you, you can move enough. Correct. Because he has a lot of quarterback-driven plays. Yep. So I just feel like this is the best fit for Danny and also Dayball. When a Dayball, a coach like that, Dayball got a little cocky tied to mm-hmm. him. In a good way. He know he good. Oh, okay. I'm going to fix this player. And, and he did that. So I think if you can add – Add pieces around Let me ask him. you personally. He looks even better. Let me ask you personally because you know Dayball best. He, he he coached you. Were you all there at the same time? Yeah. Okay, he coached you. If you knowing what you know about Dayball, do, Talk you, a lot of trash. do you think that he would be content see, seeing what he did with Daniel Jones and seeing what he did with Josh Allen? Because I remind you all, Josh Allen statistically was not good when he was young. That's right. Daniel That's right. Jones was not good. If Dayball's like, yo, I can take a dude from Wyoming and make him a runner-up MVP. I can take a dude from Duke and make him look competent. Imagine what I could do with another Wyoming. Like, don't you think Dayball sees, well, like, oh, well, I can do this with a head I, I get that. Now, now let's give some, some respect to Josh Allen, though. Like, even though he is from Wyoming, right? I mean, that's not a big school, but he had a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. I, I would say he's probably the most talented quarterback in, in, in that draft, other than Lamar Jackson, yep. however you want to slay it, right? So he had talent. I think with Danny is more, I don't think he's, like, as talented as Josh Allen. But I feel like where Josh may go off script sometimes because he's that good. Where Dayball, I've been there where he might be yelling, ah, what the fuck? Oh, it worked. Where Danny, I'm going to do it exactly how you like it. And then add this to it. Look at his wide receivers, man. Kenny Galladay, they paid a lot of money to. And do Joy, like a lot of money. And do nothing. He do nothing. They, they had practice players stepping up to play, all these injuries. Imagine when you get some help. There's a fun comp here. Come on. There's a really they fun comp here. Talk to me. You got to fix the roster first, right? Got to. What did Kansas City do? They drafted a bunch of good players. They fixed the roster. Alex Smith was good enough to make them relevant for the time being. And then when everything else was right, they made a bold move and they went and got a much better quarterback. Daniel Jones can be that guy. I mean, maybe Brian Dable thinks he is the future of the franchise. My guess would be I doubt it. He's more than good enough to be the guy for the next two to three years while you fix the roster. So, absolutely. he, He likely will not be the future for the next 10 years. I would doubt it. He can for sure hold them over right now. And you never know. I mean, they a little band-aid. Right? Absolutely. Either Ten way, right now. A long time from now. Right now, he's been balling. <laughs> balling. 22 touchdowns, five picks. Daniel Jones, you have the Giants in the playoffs for the first time since 2016. So go. get your respect because you've earned it and you deserve it. Coming up, I got to catch it. Great. The Shady, it's time for crazy work. And y'all know what crazy work is. It's the, my favorite segment on television that I don't hope. That's next on Speak. I think that was a caveat. You like that, though? I said... David earned his dime. Dumb dimes. Holla. <laughs> McCoy. Boy takes it. Hey, they know they can't do anything with you. Shady's going to score. Oh, Shady's going to score. That boy's so silly, man. Call out on three. One, two, three. Uh, Touchdown. Touchdown. Shady McCoy. Shady McCoy. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's time for the most talked about segment on sports television. It's time for the most talked about segment on sports television. That's crazy work. LaShawn McCoy, the Eagles' all-time rushing leader, more than 15,000 yards in the NFL totally. He is going to talk about the best of the best players. That are the players on offense that are giving crazy work to defenders. Shady, kick it off. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Y'all ready? Let's go. Number five. Number five. We're going to go with this guy from Dallas. His name is C.D. Lamb. Dallas Cowboys. Hey, C.D. got got some moves, bro. He give y'all crazy work. Okay, fire route. Oh, look at the spin move. They shook him in a phone booth. Did you see that? Listen, stuff like this, they say you got eyes in the back of your head. Look okay. at this move right there, though. He didn't even get a hand on him. Wow, that's called giving out crazy work. CeeDee Lamb, I know your quarterback's throwing picks, but I see you balling. Okay, okay, okay. Number four. We're number four. We're going to vintage A.J. Green. Oh, that's an OG. Look, that's one of the OGs. I don't know who the running back is or the wide receiver. I don't know who the quarterback is. But you know who I know, Otto? I know who the wide receiver is. A.J. Green from oh, Georgia. Yeah, this I see that. He caught the ball over him. He Whoop. stepped over him. Yeah. See, back in the day, we called that getting mossed on. But nowadays, we call that giving out crazy work. I see you, A.J. Green. That's a beast move right there. There, bro. I could never do this, but I did a lot of scoring. <laughs> okay, AJ. Number three, number three. That was nice. That was, come on, look. We, that was nice. Crazy work. You got it. 
Y'all didn't win that We're game. number three. Number three. Trinity <laughs> Galladay. Let's go, baby. Not against my birds. Not I had to do it. Birds. Against the all-pro. Darius Slay. Touchdown. Woo. Do I need two hands? I don't think he did, bro. He only had one. Man, look, this right here was like a karate kick catch. Look at that. Oh, it be that. Against my birds. That's giving out crazy work. Crazy work. I didn't see him all year, but I see him this game. Great job, Kenny. Hey, sorry, big play, Slay. That's like a karate kick. Yeah, that, that went. That okay, went okay, wrong. okay. Enough, enough hyping the, 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 the Giants. We're number number two. two, we go to Ohio State, even though you lost to Georgia. We are going to <laughs> Garrett Wilson, baby. He a bad boy. He is. Okay, cut the ball. Four year. dudes. He breaks the tackle. Oh, excuse me. Ah. Ooh, did you see the stick on him? No, he tackled himself because they couldn't tackle him. But look at this boy right here. He a bad boy. He's going with offense player or rookie player of the year. He's nice. He's a beast. Be nice. You see that catch? That's all crazy work, man. Underneath them, breaking tackles. That's one, two, so he three, made three, four. Hold on, that's four. That's like five guys. Five guys. Crazy way. But the winner, I was in Buffalo. His name is Naheem Hines. He went crazy. Put them threes up. Look, I got hot chocolate and some popcorn. You were before, here. Before I can sit down, he took it to the crib 96 yards. Look at this. Jumping over dudes. Look at the speed. They say look at the bench, but I say look at the wheels. Arrow. That's going to touch down. And that's giving out crazy work. Now, he did it one time. He didn't do it twice. He didn't do it look twice. Look at Josh Allen. I can't believe this guy. He didn't do it twice, dude. I can't believe this guy. Put the threes up. D him. We're going to do it two times. Back to back. Drake style. All the way to the crib. Breaks a tackle to the crib. Get God, off of me. Please. That's giving out crazy work. Now, listen, real quick. Yep. Some history for you. The last time you had kid returns like this to the crib. What happened? Was three years ago yep. and three months against uh, against the, the Vikings in Buffalo. Three Crazy years. work. Three months. Naeem Himes. Three's up. It gets cold in Buffalo. Hey, what you got for what was up there? It was so cold. <laughs> it means you'll get crazy work hoodie. It's been freezing up there. Now, Singletary got it last week because he was balling. You got this week because you balling. You keep balling, you will get the hoodie. It's cold in Buffalo. Stay warm. Stay balling. <laughs> Playoffs. Sean McDermott. Josh Allen. Put the threes up. D-hand. Hey, Let's get it. It's cold in Buffalo, but it's a cold world in Las Vegas. Derek Carr, the team's starting quarterback for the last nine years, officially on the way out of there. Reports say the Raiders <laughs> have started the process of evaluating the trade market for Derek Carr. Remember, nine seasons, three Pro Bowls, a couple playoff appearances. Carr posted a goodbye message earlier today saying, in part, I never envisioned it ending that way. Close quote. Shady, I'm never do. you a breather you never for do. a second. So, <laughs> y'all on the left side of the table, be ready. Joy, you're wearing kind of Raiders colors. Yeah. Sure. Joy, that black is me. The black is tough. Raiders. The black is tough. Swaggy. Um, Joy, coming to you first, will the Raiders regret moving on from Derek Carr? I, I think they might. Depends on what they do next. I just feel like, why <coughs> should I trust anything that the Raiders do that part. than Josh McDaniels? That's fair. Okay. Yeah, because right. they're not going to pay him not to coach there. Mm. That's, that's not really good enough for me. What has he done to earn any kind of faith in the situation? What have the Raiders done? to earn the benefit of the doubt. Obviously, I understand Derek Carr didn't have the best season, and maybe I have a little soft spot for Derek Carr because I think he's been through a lot of crazy stuff, and I can relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) That he has overcome a very uh, sometimes toxic, very chaotic, constant turnover of a situation with the Raiders. So who's going to come in here and make this better? Who's going to make you not regret moving on from Derek Carr? If you get Tom Brady... All right, we're all in on watching that. But Josh McDaniels is still the head coach. This is not Tampa Bay. This is not the Tampa that Tom Brady left New England for. The defense was not good this year. You have Devontae Adams. Josh McDaniels is the head coach, not the coordinator. It's been completely chaotic and disruptive. This is not the same situation. So outside of Tom Brady, I'm interested because I don't know what's on the market that's going to make you not regret this. I'm going to disagree with her. You know why? Because I've been through it. And one thing, it's not fair, right? I think they should have kept him. But they don't care about that. Them fans out there, spiking emotional. I was an all-time leading rusher in Philadelphia history. All pros, all that. Everything you want to talk about, pro bowls. What happened? Out of my my six years there, four years, I was a top six jersey seller. I was popping. Chip Kelly, he made that call. He traded me for nothing. Back of chips. And guess what? The fans love me. They love me. But they would never turn their back on a franchise. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Brian Dawkins, they love him in Philadelphia. But he will get old one day. Mm -hmm. Terrell Owens, they love him. Got rid of him. Don't mean that. I keep going. The franchise will always be there. And the Raiders, I'm sure, I mean, they might not be another quarterback as good as Derek Carr because he did some good work there. Right? And they had a lot of of issues off the field and on the field with that franchise that I think kind of 
you know, messed up the whole uh, issues with Derek Carr. Because he was a solid quarterback. Mm -hmm. The only thing is this, and it's the only thing that matters. They don't care about that. They'll draft another quarterback, trade somebody, whoever it is, free agency, uh, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, whoever they get. And they will forget about Derek Carr. That's how it works. The fans won't, but the franchise will always go on. That's how it works. Cold world, bro. I agree. I, I, I agree with you. And it's funny. You normally do lately. You're a smart man. You're a smart man. With with in the (laughs) non-Cowboys topics, yeah, it does seem that way, doesn't it? No, I I hear what you're saying, Joy, and I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a pretty big leap. I'm gonna take a pretty big leap, so follow me here. If the Raiders can behave like a competently run organization. I know, I know. But okay, here's my comp, and here's why I think it's possible. What is another laughing stock organization or has been? Never been to a Super Bowl, typically associated with losing. Browns. One more. They wear Honolulu blue. (laughs) The Lions. The Detroit Lions. Matthew Stafford, inarguably one of the great players in their history. They traded him away. They even had to watch him win a Super Bowl the next year. That could not have felt good. Yeah, that was bad, bro. But having gone through everything that they did, using the picks where they stand right now, they have a winning record. They have a bunch of draft picks because of the trade. Do you think they regret it? I doubt it. I doubt it. I mean, yeah, sure. Matthew Stafford could still be there. He could still be piling up 4,000-yard seasons. They could be a 6-9 to win team that doesn't have a whole lot else going on for them. Or they make the hard decision. They do a hard reset. They use their draft picks well, and they build a better team. Now, do I trust the Raiders to do all of that? Not really, but I can at least see the logic. I mean... I think Derek Carr is probably better than the criticism that he gets, but the, the stone-cold facts are two playoff appearances and one playoff win in nine years. Well, what's the, um, if you what's take, the window for regret here? Because Shady's right. Like, eventually everyone moves on. I would say the window for regret is, first of all. Because, I, like, let's say Derek Carr played it when he's good level. We got to say, the next three I, years. I would say the next three years. Yeah, yeah. and so. What can you get for Derek Carr? I doubt they get a Stafford-like Hall. I would be, you know, two first-round picks. I think I'd be surprised by that. But what can you get for him, and what can you do with that? Because, I mean, sure, it would be amazing if they get Tom Brady, but even if they have a more long-term plan, that could pay out in the long run as well. But where does Derek Carr go, and how much success does he have versus how good of a job do you do moving on? <clears throat> I think it can be done because the Lions are doing it. Like, well, there's well, no mind, way mind the Lions you, regret. Like, the... the... The Lions are not in the postseason. This They're season. not. And they weren't last year. So, like, while, I, while I've given the Lions plenty of props, Don't you I think thought Derek Goff got snubbed for the Pro Bowl, and they're, I think, they're certainly building things. The Lions are in a healthier place right now than I think they would be if Matthew Stafford was still on their team. I think that. Yeah. But I, it's two, I have two thoughts. My first thought is the, the concept of the guy who had it good and wanted it better made it worse. And I think that's where the Raiders are. I think they had it okay, they want it good, and they're about to make it terrible. The Raiders have only gone to the playoffs twice in Derek Carr's tenure. Right. But recall in the previous 13 years before Derek Carr's arrival, they went to the playoffs no times. Derek Carr, the previous nine seasons, has been the sole and exclusive starter for the Raiders. The nine seasons prior to Derek Carr's arrival, they had six starting quarterbacks, including the likes of Dante Culpepper, Mm -hmm. old Dante Culpepper, Jamarcus Russell, just to name a few. The guy who had it good and wanted it better made it worse. I get that the Raiders are trying to make it better. I would, too. Two playoff appearances in the last nine years, that in theory is unacceptable. But what is pathetic is no playoff appearances in the previous 13 years, and that's where the Raiders actually found themselves without Derek Carr. Coming up, we are just a couple days away from the NFL playoffs. It has been a mighty long wait. Six games are on the schedule, but which team do we have the most confidence in? Is it the Bengals, the Niners, the Bills? That's next on Speed. Playoffs start on Saturday, like we just said. Six games are scheduled for the wild card round. Yes, that does sound repetitive because it is. The 49ers, Bengals, and Bills are all favored by more than a touchdown, according to Fox Bets Sportsbook. A lot of great games, Dave Hellman, but more importantly, a lot of great teams. Bills, they are really good, led by Josh Allen, a great quarterback. Joe Burrow, he was about to win the MVP before Patrick Mahomes leaned at the line, if you will. Patrick Mahomes is as good as he can be, and the Niners, they are dominant. Which team are you most confident in heading into wild card weekend of the six playing, of the 12 playing in the six games? We're talking about just for this weekend? Just or? this weekend, big dog. I mean, how could it not be Buffalo? How, I mean, how, how could it not? Like, you, you know, 
we talk about the Niners and the Seahawks, Pete Carroll. Don't with steal his, my thunder. Don't I'm, you dare no, steal I'm just my saying, thunder. Like the, give your answer, I'll give mine. It's, it's the Bills. <laughs> it's the Bills because of what we just saw this past weekend. They get a home game. Uh, look, all credit to Skylar Thompson. I'm not trying to hate on you or the Dolphins. I watched every snap of that game against the Jets. Is he bad? They're bad. But is he bad? He looked like a guy making his second career start against a good defense. What does that mean? Is he bad, though? It mean, he looked bad. I want to bet. He Dave. looked bad. Is he bad? He looked bad. He didn't look like Big somebody that boy. can compete with the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo in the playoffs. <clears throat> I really think, through no fault of the Dolphins' own. I mean, right? You know, obviously we all wish oh. Tua could play in this game. It's bad luck for them. But, like, this should be a game where the Bills can name their score, honestly. Like, that's how I feel. I'm sorry. What y'all trying to score today? But, yeah. <laughs> No, seriously. Like, we want to put 38 on them? We want to win by 17. We want to like win this. by 24. What do we want to do? Yeah. I just – I, I don't see how that If Tua was there, happens. it would be a completely it different would story. It would not be. Even like, if Tua was there, this is a toss-up yeah. game in my mind. That's Unfortunately, true. Tua is not. I'm just going to go down the line. Joy Taylor, where do you stand? Who you have most confidence in? It's, it's the Bills. Look, I got excited about the Dolphins this year, and for that I was wrong. And I, and I apologize. I was – I was wrong. Okay, we made the playoffs. What's about to happen now? <laughs> What's about to happen? Let's just say it. But Tua got hurt. You were right. Yeah. Okay, no, no, no. What I was right is about, is, it was about the Dolphins' curse, and I know it, and I live in it. Let me stand in my truth, okay? <laughs> Try and talk me off of this. I apologize to Chargers fans. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I was influenced very few times in my life have I been peer pressured and fallen, fallen subject to it. You made the playoffs. And every time, look, I, don't, I have standards, okay? Relax. I have standards. Even as a Dolphins fan, I have standards. That's why I'm so bitter. Yes, we made the playoffs with the same record as last year, and we're about to go into Buffalo and get smoked. And nobody in South Florida is lying to themselves about it, finally. And they shouldn't be, because Tua isn't playing. You have Skylar Thompson, and this, again, is no diss to Skylar Thompson. This is, there's levels to this. There is. So we can walk into this respectfully knowing what it is. But if you're asking me who I'm the most confident in, the Bills have to score 10 points. Because the Dolphins scored nine points. I'm sorry, 11. There was a safety. They did have a safety. Okay, that's they did true. have a safety. Fine. You have to score a touchdown and two field goals, Buffalo. If you can manage to do that, you're going to beat the Miami Dolphins. Naheem Hines outscored the Dolphins on his own last week with two kickoff returns. Did you just watch Crazy Work? <laughs> we saw Crazy Work. Did you work. just watch Crazy Work? It's, it, it's all right. I'm, I'm glad that we made the playoffs. That's something to be excited about. We have no idea what's going on next year, so I feel almost exactly the same as I do right now going into this weekend as I did at the beginning of the season, which is I have no idea what the Dolphins are, but I'm standing my truth, and I will not be moved off of my gut ever again. You made the playoffs, Joy. There's a difference between making the playoffs and, like, making the playoffs, like having a chance. Making the playoffs is is an, an, an achievement. It like is. You, you can't win if you're not in. You're not in. There are some teams who would love to get smoked in the playoffs this weekend, like the Another Lions, like the Packers, yeah, and, and, and like, like a, the Jets. You learn confidence too, man. Correct. Right? You get and better and better. It's also the Dolphins are on their third string QB. Like, it's not even fair. No, no, even no. if Teddy Bridgewater We're, we're not, not we're delusional not. about it. Yeah, I don't not. feel bad about how what I know is about to happen this weekend. I'm just saying... I should not have allowed myself to move off of my gut, and I did. And I'm not gonna. I promise you, America, I won't do that again. I'm an authentic like person, a, and I like have a, to. I have to apologize for a that. A playoff team compared to not a playoff team, like that matters. It right? does matter. Let me ask you this question because this is what matters. Which team are you most <clears throat> confident in heading the wild card weekend? I'm with the 49ers. They're on the roll. I mean, they're, they're playing very, very well. Stingy defense. Even when the Raiders like made moves on them, right, and they were putting points up, running the ball, they still answered. This rookie quarterback, Purdy here. I watch a lot of tape. A lot of tape. Kid's talented. The kid's talented. And Kyle Shanahan doesn't get enough credit. He got them boys playing. Misdirection, running the ball well, tight ends. Then Debo decided to come back and play. They're a good team. And they're on a winning streak. Um, they'll probably stop eventually once they see the guys in green. <laughs> oh, the Eagles. Yeah. But, but for this wild card run... They look pretty good. I'm going with them. I'm with you, dog. Bang, bang. Not a gang. Uh, I'm more confident than the Niners. The Bills are going to win, obviously, because two is not there. Teddy Bridgewater is not there. But given the fact that both teams will win, now it's who am I more confident is going to play better? Right? Like the Bills are going to win. The Niners are going to win. We've all established that. But who's going to play a better game? To me, it's the not- – oh. I just, no, 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 no. I just want to point out – I want to point out what you're saying. I want to I say this for the record. So you are more confident in a team starting a rookie – in a third divisional game against a pro bowler than a team starting 
an MVP candidate against a, a third-string rookie. I'm, com- I'm equally confident they'll win. Okay, that's yes. fine. I'm yes. just saying. I'm equally confident. I trust Josh Allen After, to do this more yeah. than I trust Josh. Now that we're in the door of winning. Different questions, though. Yeah, now yeah. that we're in the door of winning, okay. now it's like, who's going to play better? Okay. Like, I haven't seen the Niners collectively play a bad game since they played against the Chiefs. And the game before that that was bad was against the Atlanta Falcons. That was back in early October. The Bills, however, they'd be winning because they'd be winning. And they've the, been there, though. The Bills didn't, been play, there. Bills didn't play well against the Chicago Bears on Christmas. They didn't game. play no. low-key. Like, we didn't play well last game. That's right, too. I'm being honest. We didn't, without those two kickoff returns, they do count. I'm a special teams player. Special teams play. I mean, but that's what happened. I told you last time a kick return was three. Years, three years, yeah, and that's just one. Y'all had, the Bills had two. Yeah, so, like, the Bills will win, but I'm not necessarily confident in them playing well. Here's what it will come down to. I don't know, Joy and Dave, that following that game when the Bills will likely have to play the Bengals, we'll be like, oh, yeah, we feel great about the Bills. Oh, I, you know what I mean? Like, I'm saying coming off I'm the- taking Josh Allen, boy. <laughs> I see my boy this weekend or last weekend. That boy, and he lost some weight. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with him. I'm going with him. But are you, do you think the Bills are going to play a clean game? I guess that's the better question. You think yeah, they'll play a clean yeah, game? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's hard to, like, play super efficient – when you know you got the upper hand, like like Way when you hand. look at the other team, like like for example, quarterbacks in the pre in the pre um, pre game warmups, the, the quarterbacks they they throw with each other, you know they talk yeah. a little bit, then they they warm up. So I'm thinking when, when Mac Jones and Josh Allen was like talking a little bit, he looked at him like, Man, you, hey, how you doing? But you you know what's about to happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's hard to like like to actually go out there and just play efficient when you know I'm better than you. You know you can't beat me. You know what I mean? So we saw the Bills do this last year. Yeah. Like the Bills kind of messed around and that's true. They're like, oh, oh, are they good anymore? And then the playoffs started and they named their score against the Pats. That's what I was going to say. Yep. Y'all been saying all year that the Pats trip to the playoffs last year didn't really mean that much because they were an afterthought. I'm just so Maybe. keep that same energy. <laughs> keep that same energy. Yeah, when for, you the say, do- for, for the, the Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah, I mean. Nobody wants to get smoked in the I guess, playoffs. I guess but going to playoffs is a good thing. Well, it, it is a good thing. A good okay. Okay. I guess the reason I, just to uh, diverge for 40 seconds, the reason I care so much about what the Dolphins did as opposed to the Patriots is the Dolphins are going to get smoked not because they're bad, because they're on the third-string quarterback. Yeah, sure. The Patriots okay. got smoked That's because fair. the Patriots just got smoked. The Niners are on their third-string quarterback. Yes, but there's a difference. For, well, I just watched too much Big 12. That team better Skyler Thompson and Brock Purdy. Or not. It's but the, not, but uh, the Niners team even. is better, too, though. Uh, that, yes. Brock Purdy was the last pick yeah, in the wasn't draft. Wasn't Skyler drafted ahead of Brock Purdy? Wait, 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 wait. Brock was better than Skyler. I mean, this year. Not according to every team. Yeah, they, and, and teams, they make, they make mistakes. They make mistakes. Okay, I'm not, I like Brock Purdy. We can see now Brock okay. Purdy is better. But what I'm talking about is just this is not just like an excuse machine here. Like, there's there, there's levels to this. They're both playing third-string quarterbacks. Y'all, t- you are talking about. You are more confident that Brock Purdy and the Niners are going to beat the Seattle Seahawks with Pete Carroll well, as Scott- a coach than you are Josh Allen is going to beat Skylar Thompson. That doesn't tell you something about the Dolphins' season. Skylar's just not good. <laughs> He's, he made it to the NFL. I made it to the NFL, but I'm better on television. I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> Do we know that? I mean, yeah, I got her trophies and stuff, rings and yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, let's talk about these Dallas Cowboys. They have a huge game. They've had a really good season, statistically speaking, but they have the Bucks coming up. Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, those are the quarterbacks at play. Tom Brady's done a lot of great things. Dak Prescott, not so much in his playoff career. Can he fix the issues right here? And right now, the Dallas Morning News wrote that Dak is, quote, uh, has a lot of pressure in his career because the playoffs are all about legacies. Dave Hellman coming to you talking about the legacy as it pertains to Dak Prescott. Is this a must-win game for him for his legacy? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I don't know how you could argue that it's That's not. Right. And, That's I mean, right. I said yesterday it's not a must-win game in the sense of Dak's future with the Cowboys. Like, he's going to be the Cowboys quarterback next year. Like, he doesn't have to worry about that. He, I mean, he is. That's, that's how contracts work. Uh, but in terms of his legacy, if he loses this game, now I think all bets are off. You know, I mean, to this point – for the most part, the opinion of Dak has been very neutral. Like, oh, he, he's a pretty good right. quarterback. He's, he's not the worst. He's not the best. He's somewhere in the middle. He can win you some games. He falls to one and four if he loses this game. Two straight wild card exits. Two straight trips to the playoffs without winning a game. And, and really, let's be honest, like the closest he's come to even sniffing a deep playoff run was all the way back in his rookie year. That's the, I mean, and that wasn't even that close. And now I think if he loses this game... I think the narrative shifts. I think this is this is Tony Romo territory. This is Kirk Cousins territory yeah. where 
I mean, he's the quarterback of the Cowboys, so Dak's going to get clowned on regardless. He already does that. But if you lose this game, now I think you start to see a snowball effect where he can't win the big game, he's not a good quarterback, he doesn't show up in big moments, he can't stop throwing takeaways. And people like me, like I, I have even less ammunition than I already do to fight that narrative. I think if he loses this game, I think the narrative gets a little bit out of control, and it's going to take a lot for him to rectify it. Legacy is on the line. Now, he could talk all calm like that, but it won't be calm in Dallas. That's true. If this guy goes out there and loses this game, I'm being serious. He loses this game, and I know it's not contracts for me. That's cool. Coming into next year, right, the the, the games that he plays bad, I'm talking about early in the year, first game, second game, third game, they'll be looking for reasons to, to bench him. Because that next year, they'll get rid of him. That's how it works in the NFL. So, yeah, it, 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 the legacy's on the line. I mean, let's think about it for a second. Yeah, you're playing the Bucs, right? This is a must-win game. This Bucs team, and those are my boys over there. They're not a good team. Or they're not consistent. Let me say that. They're not consistently good. They're up and down. The last five weeks, they're like a 28th-ranked defense. Yep. This is the truth. They're the only team in the playoffs with a losing record. They're 8-9. and nine. Yep. They're in the playoffs. So for us to be even questioning, oh, is this a legacy type of game for that? Yeah. You're playing against a, a losing record team. Team is up and down, older team, not as explosive. Some games give you 400, some games give you 100. This game's on the line for Dak's uh, legacy. I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's all on the line, especially because of the way that things ended last year. Yep. You also have everything Ooh. that you need on this team to make a run. People can question, you know, you have enough wide receivers, you have enough that. I mean, this team is more than capable of making a run. If they had anything other than a star in their helmet, we would feel, like, great about what they're doing. Matthew Stafford threw the most interceptions in the league going into the postseason last true. year. He Very was true. the question. We weren't questioning anything else that was going on. And they won. So now we really know you can overcome this and make a run if you have the right pieces, with the, which the Cowboys do. So I, I, not only if they lose will it be a problem, particularly if they lose because of him. I don't think it's going to matter either Ooh. way. But if they lose because of him, and honestly – I don't think it will be unfair. I don't like to get into like, what's fair, what's fair? Nothing's fair. Life's not fair. I don't know who told you that, but they lied to you. Life is not fair. But I do think, I, I should say, I don't think it will be illegitimate to have the conversation of if they can win or not with Dak Prescott. If you have a one and four record in the playoffs, if you have as many pieces on the defensive side, you have a Super Bowl winning quarterback, yeah. you have a, a, a great defensive coordinator, you have all a, a great run game, even if it's been slacking as of late. There's not going to be any excuses on the board, and especially because this isn't an opponent that you should beat. Like, Tom Brady or not, yeah, the they, Bucks have been very inconsistent this year. That, to me, is the most sobering thought. If Dak Prescott cannot beat an 8-9 and nine Buccaneers team, Dallas Cowboys fans are going to have to come to the reality that he likely will never be able to get it done. If you cannot win in the NFC when the playoff picture is a 45-year-old quarterback, the playoff picture is a second-round pick Geno Smith that has just now found a landing spot, the playoff picture is a Daniel Jones that the Giants didn't even want to pick up the fifth-year option on, the playoff picture is a Jalen Hurts who currently has a sprained throwing shoulder, the playoff picture is a Kirk Cousins who historically cannot win in primetime, the playoff picture is filled with those quarterbacks. If you, Dak Prescott, can't win in that playoff picture, if you can't win one game, even Cowboys fans, even Cowboys apologists are going to have to come to the sobering reality. You might not ever be able to get it Straight done. Dave Hellman. Well, coming up, a couple sobering thoughts for Lamar Jackson. He just had a tweet finally speaking about his injury. It was pretty shocking to me. You're going to want to hear what he had to say. We'll talk about it next on Steve. But did he keep it real? He kept it real through five. Well, that matters. Lamar Jackson just posted an update on his injury, tweeting, Thank you, everyone, for your support and concerns regarding my injuries. I want to give you all an update as I am in the recovery process. I've suffered a PCL grade 2 sprain on the borderline of a strain 3. There is still inflammation surrounding my knee, and my knee remains unstable. I'm still in good spirits as I continue with treatment on the road to recovery. I wish I could be out there with my guys more than anything, but I can't give 100% of myself to my guys and fans. I'm still hopeful we still have a chance. Close quote. I'll say this much. Thank you, Lamar, for putting that out there. 
Um, Lamar, you have the autonomy, you have the authority, you have the ability to silence all of the speculation around your injury. People are speculating that it's contracts. People are wondering how committed you are to the guys. People are thinking there might be tension between you and the coach. The beauty of social media in this day and age, which did not exist 15 years ago, is that a player can come out and very simply say, hey, this is the nature of my injury. This is a grade in which it is. This is what it could be. This is what I'm dealing with. This is why I am not out there. I am glad that athletes are taking the power back into their own hands, speaking out clearly, succinctly, letting everybody know it's not about contracts. It is about health. Kudos to you, Lamar, because that provides clarity as opposed to so many shows, including ours, having to speculate to five. What is your reaction? I love it. All these false narratives, what's going on about Lamar's knee, if he's playing. And he cleared the air right there, right on Twitter. It took, what, a minute? A minute, minute seconds. So I love that. His, his knee, his information is still swollen. He can't play on it. I love it. Who's that? Yeah. I'm always going to side with a player. You know, it's his knee. Do you? Side yes. with me more than it's a good point. That is a good point. I'm a big that is a good point. Really? You got a player over here. I got my little four years in. He got his 12 years in. I'm, and talking about, I'm always going to side with a player. And all you do is side with Joy. I'm talking about their health, not your bad opinions. Come on now. Not their bad opinions. Look at yeah, that. You hear that? You hear that? He was looking at me. Yeah. I'm always going to trust that he's telling the truth about how hard he can go, whether he should be out there. The guy hasn't practiced in a month. So, yeah, I, I appreciate him clearing this up, and that's what I figured it was. If Lamar Jackson was healthy enough to – to be out there, I trust that he would be. So I appreciate him doing that. Yeah, the internet was a mistake, but since we deal with it, <laughs> this is something that we can uh, give a silver lining on it, that we can hear directly from people when stuff like this happens. And I know people are going to be like, he shouldn't have to talk about his health, whatever. In most cases, that's, that's fair. But your health pertains to the uh, sport. Like, this yeah. is just a different... Right. part of society that's what this is that's what sports is and him being unavailable has to do with his health not that we have to know but if we don't know then we can only speculate mm -hmm. similar to when harbaugh didn't answer the question directly right. so this clears it up and this is what i think we all suspected anyway i mean i did not think he was healthy enough to be out there what we do know about lamar is that he loves football so he's not one of these guys you're like, eh, I don't know, is he kind of just in it for the money? Is he ever? No, like he wants to play football. If he was healthy, he would be out there. And if he was available, it would, it's not helping him not to play in the postseason. If we were finishing out the regular season, everyone just wanted to see him, that would be something different. They're in the playoffs, and they, ha they clearly have enough to make a run if he was there. So I'm glad that we cleared it up and – you know, now he has the offseason to get healthy. The next thing that's fascinating, Shady, we'll have to talk about it tomorrow, is somebody with the ability to run the ball like Lamar Jackson, and you have the ability as a different runner, but you put up the types of yards that he did, obviously you were running back, is if you suffer a knee injury one year, an ankle injury another year, how much might that affect that running ability going forward? I'm excited to hear your thoughts on that for tomorrow's show. But as for today's show... Appreciate y'all tuning in with us. You need to start siding with the athletes. If that's what you say you're going to do, Dave, then freaking do that. I'll just talk to them to make them laugh at home. That's it for us. College basketball's next. We'll see y'all.